when you're doing embroidery or sitting and doing something creative, your mind is so occupied in doing that, your negative thoughts, etc. goes away from your mind. Appreciating something very creative creates a very good sense of well-being. So that makes a person less stressful and less anxiety. Personally experienced, because every day I do some embroidery. This is the 32nd episode of Dream 100 Show with Mrs. Sujaya Mahesh. Welcome to Dream 100 Show listeners. I'm your host, Savita Hosamane. And I'm your co-host, Gunjan. Each week, we interview today's most successful and inspiring business owners with winning teams who had the courage to chase their dreams in spite of all the challenges. Join us as we bring you everything that goes on in the minds of successful business owners during decision-making process. And gain insights to make smarter decisions. In today's episode, we talk to Mrs. Sujaya Mahesh, who is the founder of Samiksha School of Embroidery. With a niche of specialization in customized handmade embroidered products, she has carved a special place in all her customers' hearts globally. She conducts coaching classes with a passion for spreading the unique art of Kasauti far and wide. She has trained students from every nook and corner of the world. Her business thrived in COVID period as well. Want to uncover the secrets? Embroidery as a social hobby works wonders on mental health and well-being. So let's hear it out from her right here, right now. Welcome to Dream 100 Show, Mrs. Sujaya Mahesh. It's a pleasure having you here today. Thank you for inviting me for this podcast. Awesome. So let's get started. What exactly Samiksha means? Samiksha means actually taking an overview or critiquing about something. So when we started my business, we didn't have a name. So when we built a house a few years ago, I had asked one of my Sanskrit lecturers at college to find a name where all our four names are there, like me, my husband and my children. So we wanted having an alphabet from each of our names, but still it had to have a meaning. So that's how Samiksha came into, because my daughter's name is Apeksha, my son is Akshit, Mahesh and me. So it's a combination of all the names. Mm-hmm. And also it means something. That is, when I started, I felt, you know, Kasuti could be taken to a different level because mm-hmm. all the other Indian embroideries have been uh, taken abroad. And when you see in museums, you will see Kanta, you will see Zardozi or Ari embroidery or uh, embroidery from Gujarat. But you never find Kasuti product in any of the museums abroad or in India. I have seen only one in Pune Museum. Otherwise, most of the museums I do visit, I haven't seen anything. You started off your career by being a teacher in Mount Carmel College since you had a degree in home science and you and thereby you started off your teaching career. But how did Samiksha happen? 
See, Samiksha happened because of my husband's shift to Ubli. Uh, because the company he was working in Bangalore, they asked him to move. But uh, for us, it was very major decision in life because I had to quit my job. In Indian mentalities, uh, once you take a job, you have to be there till retirement kind of thing. But I always uh, wanted to do something on my own on the creative side. I've been seeing my mother who's very creative and I learned from her about most of the things that I am doing today whether it is embroidery, whether it is sewing or whether it is flower arrangement or whatever it is or recycling, everything is basically I've learned by seeing or experiencing it. So since I wanted to do something creative, I said, let me take the plunge and let me give up the job and go to Hubli. And when we moved, I didn't have any idea what I'm going to do. I said, since I finished my education and I started working and had kids and family, so I just wanted to take a break and then explore what I wanted to do. And another thing is my principal at that time, she refused to give me a leave of absence. Up to five years, people could get leave. Like she has the, um, the ability to either, I mean, decide whether to grant leave or not, but she didn't. So I had assumed if I get leave, I would pursue PhD and maybe I can come back to teaching again. So she, in another way, not giving me or granting me leave, helped me uh, to do something which I always wanted to do. And also my husband's company uh, also helped us, you know, like they said, whatever your wife is earning today, we will compensate her salary. So you move to Hubli. All these factors helped me to decide after moving to Hubli what to do. So then Samiksha happened. That also was a coincidence. So when I came back to Bangalore after a few months, then I went to Fab India to ask them to give me orders in Kasuti. By then I had sort of worked with few women in Hubli where Kasuti originate from. Now I wanted them to give me um, some orders, maybe on kurtas or whatever, uh, the embroidery orders. But the person who was there at that time in Fab India who was heading, that time they had only one branch in Kuramangla. So she said, no, no, we cannot do that. So instead, I would suggest that you have an exhibition in Fab India. We'll give you the premises and you could bring the ilkal saris and the khana blouse pieces and kosuti. Because in those days, I'm talking about, say, 20, 22 years ago, that time uh, nobody had heard of all these uh, fabrics from northern parts of Karnataka. So she said that would give us a real uh, opening about, you know, we are not able to procure things from that part of Karnataka. So that would help. So that's how Samiksha started. Awesome. So, uh, does your origin also date back to uh, North Karnataka? or No, no, no. We are from Bangalore only. But again, uh, because of my dad's postings, we have lived in certain parts of North Karnataka. We were in Gulbarga. And then after this, we moved to Publi. So it really, all those fabrics and uh, their customs, traditions really fascinates me. Even jewelry for that some matter. So it's all these put together was really a fascinating journey in Publi, where we stayed for about four years. Wow. Uh, When you came back uh, from uh, Publi and you started off with uh, Samiksha, since uh, you were teaching, you for 18 long years, you had thought. So how did the mind shift happen? See, there is a lot of difference when it comes to starting a business. And when it comes to teaching, there you were a part of the organization here, you were starting off on your own. So what was challenging for you? Yeah, it was very challenging. So I had to have a clear path. How would 
uh, Samiksha go from here? So first started off with working and identifying few women who were skilled in Kasuti. And we formed a group uh, since I knew a bit of embroidery. So I fine-tuned their uh, skills, like maybe in sense, color sense and how to place the motives, etc. And then we started making a few products. And then I had to source um, the ilkal saris and all that. So I went to the weavers and I went to the retailers. So they gave me a credit. Wow. Uh, you know, maybe for two months or three months or whenever I had the exhibition. So that helped me a lot because, you know, investing so much money because you are new to business and I didn't know whether I would succeed or what would happen. And also Fab India because they gave me premises without charging anything because they wanted to promote uh, the northern the art and the crafts of northern Karnataka. So that helped me a lot. And then after doing a bit of research and things like that, then I put certain products together and first exhibition we had was in 1999 in September mm-hmm. that's how it, the journey started it, although I had a lot of stumbling uh, blocks uh, my husband my children my family in-laws mother everybody helped pitched in and did whatever best they could do and since Bangalore was not new to us and we stay in Koramangla so the proximity to Fabinder and our house also helped because it was very easy for us to come from Hubli, transport all the goods and have the sale for two, three days. It wasn't very difficult. It was challenging, but wasn't uh, difficult. Awesome. How uh, did the people accept this uh, new form of art? Were they very open to the idea of taking these kind of saris and the products which you were creating? Yeah, first year, uh, even though they did a lot of uh, advertising, it wasn't uh, very exciting, but but we did break through because a lot of people appreciated and a lot of write-ups happened in the uh, media and things like that. And every year, people would look forward to our exhibitions. It had become a, like an annual event. And also because of that uh, event and uh, so many other retailers and so many uh, boutiques and so many stores, customers started contacting us directly for uh, the embroidery and uh, it from there we took on so after we moved back to bangalore because i had to start something here new for people to move into you know drop into our store so i started samiksha school of embroidery so people would come and we would take orders and they would learn and two three things together would help the business that was the idea and also to propagate the skill of hand embroidery was always on my mind but uh, only bank a place like Bangalore would attract a lot of uh, students than in Hubli because Hubli everybody knows Kasuti so I couldn't do it there so after move back I started Samiksha school of embroidery what kind of uh, students and what kind of products you started creating once you started the school yeah for to start the school I had to you know work on the syllabus then I had to have modules because not everybody is interested in one kind of embroidery so I started off with Indian embroideries because in India, listeners may know or may not know, every state basically has each type of embroidery. And some states have more than one variety of embroidery, especially like Gujarat, Rajasthan and all where, you know, embroidery really thrives. That's how I started off with all the Indian embroideries, starting from different states of India. Then I had to make modules, I had to make samplers for students to understand the difference between one and the other. And also according to the tastes of the customers and the students who would learn, I 
developed modules and also added a project. So after they learn the module doing a sampler, they should know how to put it into use, like how to choose a motif, what uh, stitches to choose, what colors to choose, and how to work neatly. You know, those kind of minor detailing had to be taught to the students. That's how I enjoy each batch of students because each one is different. Mm-hmm. Even though I may give the same pattern, they may do it differently. So that's how uh, in a group it encourages each other. And also we always learn from one another. Awesome. You had a lot of dress designers, is it? Fashion designers coming to your school and learning? Or no, 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 normal no. people? No, no. Normal people uh, who want it as a hobby. And uh, students from design schools, they come in the last moment and they want to learn. You know, <laughs> when they have to submit a project and all that. And being a teacher, I know how students behave. So I tell them, no, you cannot come in the last moment. You have to come learn properly. And some of them do learn or some of them, they go elsewhere and get it done commercially. Mm-hmm. And most of the fashion designers, what they do is they don't use all these types of embroidery forms. They either do Ari or Zardozi where they employ men who do the embroidery. But our embroidery types, what I'm teaching is more women-centric, where women can do in their leisure time or where it could be a hobby or where, suppose you buy so many, I mean, everybody's buying things from malls, etc. from our branded outlets. So what I tell them is you can personalize by doing some embroidery by yourself. So you won't find another person wearing the dress that you're wearing or a blouse or a sari that you're wearing. That is what is my USP. Like I tell them you have to personalize it because each one of us are different. Maybe I cannot carry off what another person is wearing because it's not a custom fit. It's not like you can buy different sizes of the same design like, you know, most of the brands do. I don't want them to do that. So by learning and personalizing, they are creating their own identity. And also they are getting so much of accomplishment and they feel so happy that they are able to create something. Okay. On what kind of products can this embroidery be done apart from saris, blouses? Anything. It can be done on anything like a table runner, cushion covers. We also have made bookmarks. We have made pin cushions, curtains. Anything and everything, it could be done. Okay. So did you ever think of corporate gifting? Because that is also one area where... Yeah, I did. We did uh, bookmarks. Like I said, we do bookmarks with Kasuti. We Mm. did for a a company, Ola Cars. Three or four years back, we did a lot of bookmarks for them. Because they were giving uh, diaries as a gift. So they wanted the bookmarks made by us. So we have done, but unless there is a requirement from some company, we are ready to do, but we are not uh, been approached for all this. Hand embroidery takes a lot of time and also it is expensive. We uh, get a lot of inquiries uh, for, you know, t-shirts or blazers where the company emblem uh, needs to be embroidered. But those are all done by machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are uh, to get the accuracy in those uh, designs. So it has to be computerized. So that access we don't have. So I don't take those. Ours is basically hand embroidery. You said it is uh, women-centric, but do you have even males coming in? Yeah, there are inquiries, but no one has till till date has come to attend uh, classes. They all want online. Online, I'm not very happy because I am not able to correct their mistakes. If they're in front of me, I can show whatever I can show online, but they are not able to grasp it because during COVID, I have done uh, three or four sessions 
on online courses but the students were very happy but i'm not very happy because i'm not able to correct them and guide them how to do it correct way or the uh, you know how to improve their skill it becomes very challenging on a online course to correct them 20 years is a very long journey in the yeah. school of embroidery so few accomplishments which comes to your mind top of your mind oh accomplishment one i can remember very important uh, and it was also very touching because once when we had the uh, fabinde exhibitions one of the years uh, every year before the exhibition they would ask us to send some of our good products so that they'll display and also create a buzz saying so and so is exhibiting on so and so dates so once i had uh, exhibited a kilkal sari it was a off white sari with black border and with lot of kasuti on that so we had displayed so even before the exhibition maybe 2 3 days before the exhibition fabindia called me and they said there is one customer she is a foreigner she wants to buy the sari i said she can buy the sari but it let mm-hmm. it be there during the exhibition so people get to see so when i came to for the exhibition i met the customer she was from some part of europe i forget it maybe spain or somewhere because uh, the embroidery from spain it's called uh, spanish black work it resembles kasuti very much i don't know whether it traveled from here to there or there to here mm-hmm. so she said i want to show it to my grandmother i am not going to wear it as a sari because she loves my grandmother loves embroidery and i want to use it as a throw or you know just a, a display kind of piece that made me really excited that mm-hmm. somebody else from some other country is appreciating so much so that was one of the um, highlights so like as you said you explored various uh, forms of embroidery in indian uh, states did you think of exploring uh, across the globe the kind yeah, of yeah across the globe also after after i started a couple of years uh, years later i started doing other types of embroidery also like we may do it but they don't know the origin like cross stitch and uh, cut work drawn thread work and all these are from other countries the origin is from europe so i added all those embroideries now we are i'm teaching more than 25 types of embroidery along with quilting mm-hmm. and crochet and knitting and tatting so all these forms we are teaching we nowadays we hear a lot of buzz about uh, reviving uh, old traditional uh, things because a lot of people value their grandmothers uh, sarees or their wedding sarees so uh, have you brought in that art of reviving in uh, no see i have been doing uh, kasuti you know going into various other collecting different samplers like kasuti when people are doing all of them have a sampler in their homes i have seen in uh, around hubli hubli darwar so he, some of the old homes have very old motifs which have not been used at all we have brought out and tried coaxing my workers to do those motifs so that we can will never call it revive you know bringing back because there are so many people revival revivalists and they call themselves but i don't know what some of them are doing and after uh, the internet has started all the sari groups and facebook groups and instagram lot of people have started uh, doing kasuti embroidery and the way it has been done also is being distorted so we try to keep as much as the possible way that we could do in today's circumstances and try to use the traditional ways of placing and on handloom sarees 
and we also do customization like suppose some customer says i have a saree and i want to get kasuti done or any other embroidery done we do it for them after a series of discussions their likes dislikes you know based on those so we are doing lot of customization any particular fabric or uh, kasuti is restricted to or you can do it on all kinds of fabrics we can do on almost all kinds of fabric unless otherwise it's very sheer like maybe chiffon organza and all maybe a little uh, difficult but not impossible we have done almost all kinds so how did the covid affect uh, this business of yours covid has been it has been in fact very good for the getting customized orders but for uh, regarding the classes we haven't had many online uh, only few we had offline people are still scared to come for classes sit in a group but during covid what happened lot of people i think sort of invaded their uh, wardrobes and they decided mm-hmm. there are so many sarees that they could uh, embellish with uh, different kinds of embroidery so mostly it was kasuti orders only but we have got other orders as well so people have placed orders on say curtains and then cushion covers blouses and sarees there is a limitless options and also i did lot of embroidery on bookmarks and the hoop art that is embroidery hoop we use no in that mm-hmm. they are doing embroidery that is called hoop art embroidery so like that we have tried different forms of embroidery to propagate the embroidery per se are you guys very active on social media also uh, propagating this uh, culture sort of because i am not very tech savvy i am technically technologically challenged to whatever my best ability i have been doing on facebook and on insta hmm. i don't have a website i don't uh, plan to because two three times i thought of doing a website and every time something or the other happened it's very difficult to manage an uh, online store so hmm. i'm not able to do that what is your vision for uh, samiksha school my vision is there is a school called royal school of needlework where they teach different types of embroidery they have modules they have online and they have degree diploma everything and they also have a museum in london so something on the similar lines i want to start there are different uh, museums and schools in uh, i think gujarat and rajasthan kala raksha is running one of them you know things like that so something like that i want to have where we could do research and where we could teach this embroidery to the next generation if we don't do it i don't think the next generation would have anything to do with hand skills because i remember in our school days and in our children school days they did lot of work embroidery or knitting or something they used to make them do nowadays it's only cutting and pasting or some online games and videos and classes have also become online children are not learning any of those skills and they are forgetting the importance of hand skills mm-hmm. so i think that is my vision to have some full fledged school of embroidery where you know anybody could come and learn so do you certify your students as of now to whomever you are providing yeah yeah we are giving our own certificate earlier i was giving certificates through anchor but nowadays they've also become little slack they and they don't respond and things like that so i have started giving my own certificate so any uh, form of uh, registration which has been done uh, recognized by government of india or government no i haven't done anything i am just doing on my own Mm-hmm. and uh, to join our school there is no restriction of age gender nothing anybody above say 10 years can come and learn mm-hmm. i have done two three summer courses for children 
that mm-hmm. was also very good made them do smaller project maybe a greeting card or something or a bookmark where mm-hmm. they can finish easily and not much of a hassle to finish with the stitching and things like that so what do you think of the skills a person who is learning embroidery will develop in the course of time embroidery has various advantages it builds up self confidence and it improves your patience and your hand and eye coordination improves then you improve your concentration and it and it reduces stress and also you get a feel of a sense of accomplishment at it stimulates your creativity and uh, it improves your color sense and also it improves your general feeling when you are doing embroidery or sitting and doing something creative your mind is so occupied in doing that your negative thoughts etc goes away from your mind personally experience because every day i do some embroidery like i don't watch tv i don't call up or gossip with anybody <laughs> so i sit and do embroidery or plan something to do some other projects and things like that it's all there my mind is always uh, involved in how to do what to do kind of thing from what i see and hear is that uh, embroidery is a very meditative uh, yeah it is approach. very meditative yeah awesome uh, then i think uh, it will definitely have an impact on a person's health if it is bringing down the stress levels and yeah definitely it has very good uh, impact on their mental health because the act of embroidery or or anything creative for that matter maybe pottery maybe gardening anything which involves your hands it releases some kind of neurotransmitters that promote joy of well-being and it also reduces stress hormones mm-hmm. so it also reduces anxiety and even appreciating for example going to a museum appreciating something very creative creates a very good sense of well-being so that makes a person less stressful and less anxiety most of the major life skills uh, are covered i think if one starts uh, doing embroidery because what you do anything is how you do everything if you can put your uh, mind and heart into embroidery the same thing can be taken into different uh, levels of uh, work because nowadays yes, people yes. complain lot about work stress and all these things if they can divert their mind and uh, do something very creative like this once they go back to work they'll be recharged yeah i used to have a lot of uh, women coming for saturday classes that i call it as a working women's batch Mm-hmm. so many of them who are into it field so because they concentrated so much on their studies they lost out on these acquiring these skills so they used to come on saturdays they used to feel so relaxed and you know they got so involved in doing the embroidery even now they say ma'am we want to come but because of all these covid issues they are not able to come i really want to restart my offline courses because i also enjoy myself not only teaching we learn so much from each other now i have had uh, students from so many countries like we have had from germany then uh, maldives then australia spain uk then uae then uh, most of my students the majority were from japan wow <laughs> and japanese they are always thinking of how to conserve things and how to do it dedicatedly they used to come with small children they used to have them at the back and they would sit and do embroidery 
and some of them used to come with two children and they used to bring everything with them like tea snacks books <laughs> crayons and everything they would bring and without stressing they used to be so cool and they would give them everything and they'll again come back and sit and do the embroidery mm-hmm. very 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 hard working and very neat in their work very mm-hmm. very neat in their work and uh, they didn't want to sit at home and do the homework like every, after every class i give them homework so that they have to uh, progress to the next step i should know that they have learned this so i believe they used to go and sit in one of the hotels in the coffee shop and they used to sit and practice <laughs> <laughs> later on they told me i thought that was really really next level of dedication i thought mm-hmm. it was very very interesting to do know that that they did all this yeah so it is a kind of building their social and networking skills as well yeah uh, and they were here for a very short duration in india so they wanted to learn everything indian that is possible like one day they would go to learn rangoli so they asked me do you know how to do rangoli so one day i organized them one day a rangoli session and one day with the floral decoration how to do rangoli then they used to go to learn dancing like bhangra and so many things one day they went and learned how to do mehndi like that you know they wanted to learn everything indian mm-hmm. it was so interesting to hear uh, all of them speak they didn't know much of english so they'll mm-hmm. go to the phone immediately they'll do translator oh. <laughs> what is she saying you know so cute it used to be <laughs> i think you have had a great uh, teaching session it was really enjoying i remember one particular student of mine she was from germany Mm-hmm. so she used to always tell us you know in a group so many of them take long strands of thread okay to finish faster normally we say just one yard this this much of length you must take so i always tell them in the beginning of the class so whoever took a long strand of thread it sort of gets knotted and then you have to really struggle to remove the knot so this student of mine uh, from germany she used to always uh, remind them like grand my her grandma used to say i believe lazy girls take long thread <laughs> so i always uh, repeated to my students lazy girls take long thread so the they then they remember what is the length of the thread that they must take <laughs> so any uh, other funny incidents where you can relate to something uh, the best so compliment this was the one thing and uh, they most of the students used to enjoy what they did and they wanted to know how best they could use it on their things and i had one student i think she was from spain or something so she, after she learned one course i had asked her to do a project so normally i tell them to choose a smaller project so that you know they won't lose that enthusiasm they take a very huge project then by the time they finish they will lose interest so i always tell them take a smaller project maybe you can do a couple more if you are confident so one of my students she wanted to do an embroidery on her husband's blazer it was a woolen blazer mm-hmm. so what she did she took off the seam at the back where it was attached to the lining and she did the embroidery and then they stitched it by hand oh so she had finished it so well mm-hmm. it was really really good to mm-hmm. see her hard work and how much of dedication she had so uh, do you have a collection of uh, pictures of all your uh, students uh, some because uh, recently because phone cameras came only recently no so from <laughs> then on i have been having earlier ones i don't have so earlier days we used to have a potluck after every batch finishes we used to have a potluck lunch 
So mm-hmm. that way we also get to see each one's uh, customs, traditions. It's not only about embroidery. So when you are sitting together in a group, we talk to each other, we find out about each other, their family, their problems that they're going through. It's a very good group of people where sharing your thoughts on day-to-day things, day-to-day lives. It's not only teaching and um, it's also mingling, become more uh, friendly, how olden days people used to do in Mm -hmm. northern India. They uh, do community cooking, they sit and knit together in winters. Mm -hmm. So I feel those kind of days have to come back. So it will be very, very good. So what is the message which you would like to share with the listeners? Message is the biggest learning I have got from Samiksha is if you're convinced about goal or your business plan, go ahead with it. Don't worry about what uh, people say or think. When I wanted to start Samiksha School of Embroidery, many of uh, the people I know, they said, no, you start a nursery. It's easy. Every year you will get students who will come to learn embroidery and those kind of things. I said, see, starting a nursery is not my forte. I do love children, but I cannot go to that level and plan because when you do something, you have to involve yourself dedicatedly to plan the way you want it to go. So whereas embroidery is, you know, like something it's inbuilt in me, the skill, I think somehow God has gifted me. So I have to see that how it has to be propagated because just having the skill in me and not teaching anybody doesn't make sense. Hmm. It has to be propagated. Then only you get that uh, satisfaction that, okay, whatever I know, I have taught it. So at least if they teach another one person or even two people, so that's how it gets propagated. Awesome. So recently, we have, I have been a part of a um, uh, book uh, being written on Kasuti. I have written uh, two chapters in that. Wow. I don't know when the book is going to come out and various people have uh, got involved uh, who are all in, in the textile field and even they are wondering why this had never become a collector's piece maybe mm-hmm. it was not done commercially maybe it was done only for their households and maybe people didn't value or buy their products we are mm-hmm. only thinking maybe maybe nobody mm-hmm. has the answer that is why this book probably will give a throw some light on in this mm-hmm. direction so any future exhibition which you have in the pipeline in the next few months? One exhibition which is coming up uh, in uh, Delhi that is uh, showcasing our uh, Kasuti products, which, which is also one of the GI tag products. So uh, this is Ministry of Culture, Government of India. They have started a museum in uh, Redford, Delhi under Atmanirbhar Bharat Center for Design the, where all the GI tag products have been it is still in the setting up stage. Uh, so Kasuti is one of the GI tag product from Karnataka. Awesome. And Karnataka has the highest uh, GI tag product that is 42, I think, as the latest. And uh, 11 of our products have been chosen to be exhibited there. I don't know when I would go and see it for myself to believe. And I hope our products will be displayed and um, taken care of because uh, you never know what happens in a, such a large crowd. It was supposed to be, have been inaugurated sometime in November. Till now, we haven't heard anything. So that is one thing I'm looking forward to. Other than that, I have taken part in uh, Crafts Council exhibitions of uh, Bangalore, Chennai, Coimbatore. And we've also done an exhibition in uh, Shopper Stop some years ago. They were having a theme of embroidery as their uh, annual during sale they have. So they had asked me to have a stall on embroidered products. 
So they had set up a separate stall for us, only stall, and there we could uh, showcase our products. That was very good, in fact. That was some 2017 or 16, I think. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Congratulations uh, for being selected for Hatmanirbar. Uh, on that uh, front, before uh, we come to the uh, end of this conversation, if you feel that we have missed out on any other thing which might add value to this conversation, please go ahead. And and you had asked me what is so special about our products. Hmm. We have designed uh, different products based on uh, what may be easily accessible and you know people are always looking at low budget items when it when we say embroidery on a sari or a blouse it may be expensive so we started a range of bookmarks and pin cushions where when you do embroidery you can keep your needle cushions or let's call it needle cushions mm-hmm. and also hoop art embroidery where on the embroidery hoop you do different kinds of embroidery so these are all smaller products mm-hmm. and also maybe a table runner or a Mm-hmm. Uh, cushion cover and things like that where it is less investment and also people may not be available off the shelves and uh, stoles dupattas mm-hmm. which is less expensive and that is one thing we have done another thing we do is customization most of the people they just want to buy want you to buy the products from you but whereas we have given the option of customization because we are getting more customized inquiries than people buying our products and to get customized products i have to show them the products that we can offer so mm-hmm. i have to keep making our products at the same time we have to take orders as well because it's in the end it is sustainability how well we can sustain how well i can encourage uh, our artisans mm-hmm. because most of our artisans are women and uh, they work from home they sit at home and they do the embroidery so it is sort of a supplementing their income and also i educate the daughters of our women artisans because i want our girls to study further and reach better places than their parents encourage them of course they have to learn a bit of embroidery help their mothers in their spare time and i uh, educate them to whatever level they want to get educated wow. that is one thing i i am doing from quite some time and at least about uh, 10 girls have uh, got educated from my side mm-hmm. and this i don't publicize anywhere because this is what i believe in because if i didn't have education i wouldn't be where i am today so we have to give them equal opportunities because of their parents the girls should not lack their opportunities so that is one thing i am doing and also i encourage more and more women to take up this embroidery as you know supplementing their income then going out and doing household work and those kind of jobs but many are not convinced because they feel they can earn more whereas here they have to spend the whole day but at the end of the day they they've not achieved as much they think they have achieved but mm-hmm. this will be in the long run a better opportunity than working in as a household help great way of giving back to the society whatever you have started teaching and coaching and making people independent and then uh, taking the art also so yeah, it is a combination of all yeah. the areas one more thing i want to add like you also started the repurposing or recycling the old uh, sarees cotton sarees and old dupattas so we make them as yarn and then we crochet it 
and uh, make products like handbags and table mats etc and also we make quilts out of old sarees cotton sarees or silk sarees so two sides we use two different sarees and inside i ask the customers to give their old bed sheets wow so we put the bed sheet and then on two sides you are making use of the saree and we hand stitch them so it's mm-hmm. like a quilt and for any season it will be quite uh, good to use than the machine made quilts where they have those uh, filling and all that no mm-hmm. so we don't use any filling so we use old bed sheets and old sarees so both are made use wow and it's easily washable also yeah easily washable sarees recently i had one customer indian only living in kuala lumpur she has sent about seven sarees mm-hmm. which are almost in tatters her mother saree she had left it in the cupboard and she couldn't come to india because of the covid situation so when she came and opened the saree they all were in tatters so whatever best we could uh, you know salvage the borders and pallus i am redoing her sarees by reconstructing and making a new saree so like that lot of people uh, do uh, reach out on all these things facebook and instagram so because ours is also a sort of word of mouth so when a satisfied customer refers me to someone so like that it keeps on going so that's what i hope that it will take me further and another thing i want to do is go to corporate world they always say they are stressed i want to do workshops for them even one day workshop or something smaller projects where mm-hmm. they can work on it and they can make their own choices how what products they want to make and things like that. some basic skills they have to learn hand skills it will take them a long way yeah definitely because this is not gender restricted i think uh, you will have a much wider scope if people are getting in touch with you and they can open up this it has got a yeah because another advantage of hand embroidery is you don't need much equipment all you need is piece of cloth a needle and thread and scissors that's all so wherever you go you can carry you can sit and do it's not difficult you don't have to set up have a big setup you don't need lot of equipment and it's not a very high tech Uh, technique that you have to really struggle to get it mm-hmm. nothing very uh, difficult so low cost investment on a low budget yeah. people can do it i think this yeah. is the one skill which people will look forward to uh, learn and uh, do it i feel like doing it for my own logos yeah, please, please you're most welcome anytime you're most welcome <laughs> and if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you how do they get in touch with you yeah either facebook instagram or whatsapp or my email any of these uh, things i instagram is uh, samiksha by sujaya mahesh hmm. and facebook i have samiksha studio and samiksha school of embroidery two two different pages i have so anywhere they could hmm. contact okay me. and we wish you all the best for your forthcoming uh, you. vision which you have for your corporate sessions or beat for your customized products or for uh, your exhibitions i'm sure uh, anybody interacting with you even for uh, 10 minutes will have a whole message yeah. wealth of information to carry back thank you <laughs> wishing you all success thank you very much uh, all Anna. your future endeavors thank you so much yeah welcome I thank Mrs Sujaya Mahesh from the bottom of my heart for her joyous fulfilling and heart to heart conversation here are my few takeaways from this amazing talk with this amazing lady each line is a tip for every entrepreneur
my first learning when you are convinced about your business plan just go for it don't listen to what people say second learning skill development of your team is equally important so spend time on coaching your team members also my third learning reaching out to the right target market helps in building a brand fourth learning when customers find value in your products they start reaching out to you that's authentic appreciation and real brand building starts then fifth learning giving back to society is possible in every business my sixth learning hand embroidery has a soothing effect on the mind and it induces calmness improves focus and helps you to stay in the moment the list is endless please listen to the entire conversation not once but twice as each one of you will have your amazing takeaways never lose out on an opportunity to learn from the life lessons of real time business owners on dream 100 show thank you so much for listening to this episode of dream 100 show and now make a smart decision of taking the next step towards your dreams we strongly believe that life is just a play as we win some we lose some we miss some and we mess with some so enjoy your journey and play to the fullest don't forget to subscribe dream 100 show and leave a review share your biggest takeaways with us and follow us on linkedin facebook and instagram this is savita and gunjan signing off catch you soon in our next episode Thank you.